And let us all hear the word of God. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. Is that a message for somebody out there today? Fear not. I'm sure it is. Are you worried about a sick loved one? Are you worried about your financial situation? Is there something else that's worrying someone here today? Well, it's no coincidence that this is our scripture reading for this morning. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Saviour. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee, since thou wast precious in my sight. Thou hast been honourable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life. Fear not. So there it is again. Just in case you missed the first one, here's the second one. Fear not. Brother or sister in the Lord, take that word to heart today. Whatever is on your mind, whatever is weighing you down today, fear not. Now, if you're not saved, you should be afraid. You need to fear. Oh, you should be very afraid today. There is a heaven and a hell. On Friday, the Lord was good. We had pleasant weather to go out into the open air up there beside uh, the foil side shopping center. And we read that passage, Luke 16, the rich man and Lazarus. See, you have to get the balance right. Heaven and hell, not just one or the other, both. And we read that portion about Lazarus being carried to heaven by the angels. And then the rich man, he died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. So pray, please, that that message that went forth on Friday will bear fruit. If you're not right with the Lord, you need to get before him today. And you need to repent and believe the gospel. But if you're saved, if you've already done that, and you're still today, you're resting in the finished work of Christ, this is the message for this morning. For the Lord's people, fear not. Now notice what the Lord goes on to say in verse 5. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far. And my daughters from the ends of the earth, even every one that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory, I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Well, on the Sunday closest to the twelfth, we like to take a theme that relates to 
Protestantism and the coming of King William, Prince of Orange. And obviously today being that Sunday, that's the subject for this morning. Some people say, oh, you shouldn't hark on about the past. Even Christians, by the way, who will say, you know, history's not that important. Just preach the gospel. Well, I'm afraid they haven't read their Bible very well because time and time again in the Bible it says, remember. Do you ever hear a phrase, lest we forget? Do you know where that comes from? Book of Deuteronomy. A lot of people do forget today about our history, the glorious history that we have in this nation. And I don't want that to be the case in our congregation. So it is the theme today, King William's text. That's the subject for today. And we want to remember the glorious revolution and the mighty deliverance that was brought by William, God's servant, all those years ago. 333 years ago to be exact. The text of scripture that I want us to consider today is Isaiah 43 verse 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. This was a text of scripture that was quoted in King William's presence in 1690. We'll say more about that in a moment. So this is the reason why we're calling it King William's text, Isaiah 43, verse 2. What a wonderful verse. Listen to it again. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. King William took great comfort from this verse. Let me ask the question this morning before we go any further. Why should we be thankful to Almighty God for the coming of King William? Why? Well, because of the persecution of our Protestant forefathers prior to William's coming. You see, whenever you go back to the 1600s, whenever you go back to that period, you find that there was great persecution of Christians, Bible-believing Christians. Our forefathers suffered horrendous persecution. They didn't enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy today. Do you know in 1641, 100,000 Protestants were massacred, slaughtered, simply for holding to the Bible, simply for holding to the Protestant faith. It's called the Ulster Holocaust. 100,000 Protestant believers perished, drowned, stabbed. I could go through it today. Places like Dungannon, Loch Brickland, Banbridge, Newcastle, County Down. Different places where Protestants were massacred. Awful, horrendous persecution. Now, we have to be fair and say that there were decent Roman Catholics who hid Protestants at that time. There were. And we thank God for them. Very similar to during the Second World War when Christians hid the Jews. Yes, there were Catholics. We have to be honest. From history, there were Catholics who hid Protestants during the Ulster Holocaust. But let's remember, as we think about King William today, let's remember that we have great cause for thanksgiving that he ever came because there was awful persecution prior to his coming. 
Do we not think today about the siege of Londonderry on our very doorstep? 4,000 citizens died in the siege. 4,000 citizens gave their lives resisting James the tyrant. Oh, how we should thank the Lord for our freedoms today and on Wednesday. That should be the first prayer on our lips. Thank you, Lord, for the freedoms that we enjoy. Thank you for sending your servant, King William. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have the freedoms we have today. Freedom of worship, don't we love it? Don't we, don't we cherish it today, the freedom to assemble together on a Sunday morning and a Sunday evening? I heard of someone lately who was going off on holiday on the Monday and they said, oh, I think I'll stay at home tonight, Sunday night, and finish my packing. They didn't they say, oh, I have to pack, I haven't even started packing. No, it was to finish packing for going away the next day. I thought, oh, I said nothing, I bit my lip. But I thought to myself, isn't it sad that people are so careless when it comes to assembling together for worship? Freedom of worship means nothing to them. The least little thing keeps them from the house of God. If only, friends, we realize the sacrifice that our forefathers have made in times past that we could freely assemble together. So why are we calling Isaiah 43 and verse 2 King William's text? Well, let me give you the context. He landed at Carrickfergus on the 14th of June, 1690, en route, of course, to the Boyne. The next day was a Sunday and he attended service in St. George's Parish Church in Belfast. And even to this day, there's still a chair in the church called King William's Chair. King William's Chair there in St. George's Parish Church in Belfast. And it's said that William sat in the chair. And as he sat in the chair, he heard this text of scripture quoted by one of the royal chaplains, George Royce. He quoted Isaiah 43 verse 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. What about the first part of our text? When thou passest through the waters, William, I will be with thee. This verse, of course, was literally fulfilled on the 1st of November, 1688. So even before William was sitting in St. George's Church that day in 1690, the, the text of scripture that was quoted to him had been fulfilled a couple of years before. 1st of November, 1688, William and his navy set out across the English Channel. The Protestant wind, as it's known, propelled his fleet. So the Protestant wind... It brought William across the channel. It brought his navy across the channel. But it kept many of King James's ships in the River Thames so that they were unable to attack William. The God of creation. The God who controls the climate. He was in control in 
at the time of the glorious revolution. The wind blew, the Protestant wind as it's known in history. It blew and it brought William from Holland across the English Channel and kept his enemies at bay in the, in the Thames. Yes, can you see now why this text of scripture is appropriate to King William? When thou passest through the waters, when thou passest through the English Channel, I will be with thee. The Lord was with his servant as he came. And of course, William had been invited to come to deliver England from the tyranny, the dictatorship of King James, and the awful persecution that our Protestant forefathers were suffering at the time. The wind, the Protestant wind, there was a wind on Friday night and yesterday morning. don't know whether you heard it. But, you know, whenever I thought about, whenever I heard the wind, I couldn't help but think about the Protestant wind that brought William to these shores. The hymn writer said, Come, let us all with heart and voice applaud our lives defender who at the boyne his valor showed and made his foe surrender to God above the praise we'll give both now and ever after and bless the glorious memory of King William that crossed the water. Thank God that William came. He came to restore our freedoms. Freedom of speech. There's another great freedom that we ought to cherish today. Did you not hear about the vicar in Yorkshire who had his bank account closed because he spoke out against pride? Yorkshire Building Society with all their posters and promoting pride and the vicar, a Reverend Richard Fothergill, he spoke out, he condemned the Yorkshire Building Society in their support of pride. You know what they did? Closed his bank account. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Not much freedom of speech there. But then most Christians are asleep today and don't realize what's happening. The freedoms are being taken from us. Our country, you know, it's a bit like you've heard the fable about how to boil a frog alive. How do you, how do, how do you boil a frog alive? Don't put it into a boiling water, a pan of boiling water. Put it into a pan of cold water. Then slowly turn the heat up and the frog won't know it. Our country is like, like, like the, it's just like that, like the frog in the water. Most of the church, most Christians are asleep. They're going to be boiled alive. Their freedoms are going to be taken from them. From under their noses. And sadly, because they don't appreciate their freedoms. You see, whenever a nation disregards its freedoms and its liberties, when it fails to appreciate them, then the Lord can very easily take them away. But we thank God that William came. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. You know, this, of course, refers back to Noah. Remember the ark at the time of the flood? Noah was passing through the waters, his wife and his family. But the Lord was with them as they passed through the, the waters of the flood. And the Lord brought them safely to Mount Ararat. 
It also refers, of course, to the Lord bringing the Israelites through the Red Sea. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. The Lord was with Israel as the Red Sea was divided. As they passed through the waters, the Lord made a way. Divided the Red Sea, two walls of protection on either side. You do know that the Red Sea is one mile deep. Yet the the Lord, our great God, Jehovah, divided the sea. Yes, this is appropriate and applicable to Israel. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. But I want to say it's appropriate for you today, child of God in service. Are you passing through the waters of trial today, the waters of affliction? Are you going through the valley today? Are you experiencing Satan's fiery darts today? Is the enemy attacking from every angle? I want to tell you, the Lord will be with you. When thou passest through the waters, he will be with you. And even if everyone else turns against you, he will always be there for you. He will be there to provide for you. He will supply your every need. Just you lean on him and follow him. For he's still Jehovah Jireh, the Lord still does provide. He provided for the Israelites in the wilderness manna every day. He provided for the 5,000 when he came into this world, fed the 5,000, fed the 4,000. The Lord is always providing for his people and he still provides for his people today. Just trust him. Yes, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. That's his promise, not only to King William 300 years ago, but it's to his people Israel and it's to you today. When the waves threaten to engulf us, we're like the disciples on Galilee. Master, carest thou not that we perish? The Lord steps in and he saves his people. When the waves of sorrow roll, when I am in distress... Jesus takes my hand in his. Ever he loves to bless, he will every fear dispel. Satisfy every need, all who heed his loving call, find rest indeed. But you know, as we think about King William's text, this text refers to Christ at Calvary. Because the Lord Jesus in Psalm 42, he said, All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Psalm 69, save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. Oh, we think today about our Savior who went down into the depths of Calvary to provide redemption for us. But none of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed. Nor how dark was the night the Lord passed through ere he found the sheep that was lost. He went through the dark waters. He passed through the waters, we could say, in order to provide salvation for every one of us. Never ever take his salvation lightly. Never ever neglect his salvation because it was purchased at tremendous cost. In May 1690, when King William was preparing to set sail for Ireland, he introduced to England a new law called the Act of Grace, which absolved his opponents 
from any retribution for their previous treasons. The standard practice at the time was to round up your enemies, imprison them, execute them or banish them, but not King William. No, no action was taken against those who had been supporters of his deposed predecessor, King James II. Not a penny was taken from their estates. Not one hair of their heads was touched. And several of them even sat in the House of Lords as legislators. The message of the gospel is that we are all lawbreakers. The only solution to the broken law of God is an act of grace from the King of Kings. Religion tells us that God's favour can be earned by human merit, by observing rituals, sacraments, traditions and financial donations. But the word of God has something very different to say. You see, we read in Romans chapter 8, verse 8, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. An act of grace from the lawmaker himself is required. A personal intervention, which was given at Calvary in the person of Jesus Christ. I wonder, my friend, how will you respond to his act of grace? Let me finish today. There's the other part of William's text. It says, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. This, of course, has reference to the crossing of the Israelites over Jordan. The Lord brought them safely through Jordan. When they passed through the rivers, the rivers did not overflow them. But the Lord did the same thing as he did at the Red Sea. He divided the waters. Of course, we think about King William. uh, Obviously, crossing the Boyne River, winning the battle at the Boyne, But before he even got to the Boyne, did you know he had to cross another river, the River Ban and Banbridge, on his way to the Boyne. So this text certainly applies to William. When thou passest through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. 800 Williamite soldiers laid down their lives at the Boyne. We dare not forget their sacrifice. You know, one of those soldiers at the Boyne was Bishop Walker of Londonderry. Governor Walker stood beside his statue on Friday. But Governor Walker was one of those 800 soldiers to make the supreme sacrifice at the Boyne. Led down his life to save the Duke of Schomburg. Duke of Schomburg was... William's commander-in-chief at the Boyne, Schomburg, was injured. Bishop Walker went to help, but he lost his life in doing so. Friends, we need to remember these sacrifices that were made for our freedoms. That's one reason why we speak about a subject like this today. Oh, we think of the River Boyne and the great history that it holds for us. But, you know, there's another river that William had to cross. King William had to cross the river of death. You see, on Sunday the 8th of March, 1702, the icy waters of the river of death were experienced by King William III. 
I wonder if you ever read William's dying prayer. Well, if you haven't, let me read it to you as I finish. King William's dying prayer as he went through the river of death. Almighty God, the creator and preserver of men, from everlasting to everlasting thou art God. But time and chance happeneth to all that are under the sun, and in the midst of safety we are in danger. Yet, O blessed God, it is still in thee we live, move, and have our being. A sparrow falleth not to the ground without thy leave and direction, much less are the persons of kings shut out from thy rule and governance. I desire to adore thee in the depth of thy providence, which I am not able to fathom. I believe that affliction springs not out of the dust. Therefore, I humbly submit to thy fatherly discipline, for thou correctest in mercy and for my profit. And by the way, I forgot to say the reason why William was dying was because he fell from his horse. He was injured from a fall. But he accepts the providence of God. He submits to his wisdom. He goes on to say, Thou, O Lord, hast exercised me from my youth up until now with troubles and difficulties. You know that William was an asthmatic. He had asthma all his life. He had health problems. He was weak physically. But can you not uh, detect in his prayer here this note of submission? He submits to the will of God. So he speaks about the troubles and the difficulties of his earthly life. But he says, Thou hast hitherto carried me safely through the manifold changes of this mortal life. O be thou still my God and my guide, preserve in me always a due sense of the instability of all worldly things. Let my heart there be fixed where true and lasting joys are to be found and grant that I may be prepared for death and judgment. Let thy fatherly hand ever be over me and thy Holy Spirit ever with me. Whilst I live, give me grace to serve thee faithfully in the high station in which thou hast placed me. And when I have served my generation according to thy will, vouchsafe me in an easy passage to everlasting rest through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. It's quite a prayer, wouldn't you agree? King William's dying prayer. And he crossed the river of death that day, the 8th of March, 1702, and went to be with Christ, which is far better. I wonder when you come to the river of death, and it will come for every one of us, I wonder, will you make it across to be with Christ? Are you ready for the river? Are you, are you prepared for death? I got a phone call from someone the other day, a Christian brother, and he said something that was very true. I thought, that's tremendous. Do you know what he said? We should always be prepared for death. Not just say, oh, well, I'll leave it until I'm on my deathbed and then I'll prepare. No, we should always be ready today. Are you ready? Have you made preparation? He will keep me till the river. Rolls its waters at my feet. Then he'll bear me safely over. Made by grace. For glory meet. Hymn number 70 please. Isaac Watts great hymn. Number 70. O God our help. In ages past our hope. 
for years to come. We'll stand for the opening and the closing verse of hymn number 70. Let's stand. (laughs) 